0: Welcome to net front presence in a very busy time in the off season. I'm Jeff Gordon, joined by the beat reporters, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. And man, oh man, a lot's happened since the last time we visited the net front. Uh, let's just start off with probably the biggest news so far. The uh, swap that brought Pavel Buchnevich to the uh, blues for media favorite and fan favorite Sammy Blay and a number two pick uh, JT, uh, kind of a black armband day for the media. We love Sammy. <laughs> But uh, you know, this was a way for Doug Armstrong to start the process of retooling the roster.
1: Yeah, and uh, really, you lose Vince Dunn in the expansion draft and Sammy Blay—that's it's, it's a double black armband day, uh, uh, really. But uh, you know, we we we'd kind of heard Bucinovich's name, uh, you know, kind of on the periphery. But uh, boy, uh, Dougie Armstrong—he uh, moved quickly. Uh, even the the agent for Bucinovich pra- praised him. Said he he saw an opportunity and he, he, made it, uh, he made it happen. And, uh, uh, I, I can't find anything wrong with this, uh, with this move. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't even think locally, uh, uh, it, maybe it's getting enough, uh, attention maybe because he's not really a, a name brand, but, uh, you know, qu- quite a pickup, uh, you, you look at, uh, last year's blues team and, and, and only uh, Ryan O'Reilly scored more goals than this guy last year, only O'Reilly and Perron uh, had more points than him. And so to add this to your roster uh, uh, for, for a relatively low price, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, it, it, it's quite the, uh, quite the move.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a great get. I mean, you pick up a a top six forward and it's it's something that I think we, we're seeing a lot more of in the NHL this off season, is that you know it, it's it's almost like their trade deadline trades where it's not an even exchange. You're not matching salary cap dollars. Teams are unloading guys and they're giving them away. Um, and so the Blues were able to get, which never at a very good price. I mean, you talk about well, what's you know what would be a fair exchange? And on some deals like an Eichel trade, okay, there's going to be a lot going back and forth. But in this case. You know, Sammy Blaine, a draft pick is a very minimal outlay to get a guy. But when, <clears throat> when teams have cap problems, they got to move guys. And I think we're going to see that with the Blues as well.
0: Yeah, when you look at uh, Pavel there, he's uh, a guy that's steadily improved. He's been a good producer since coming into the league. Uh, his minutes have gone up uh, appreciably last year. He added penalty killing to his uh, toolkit tool last season. He's, although not a primary power play guy, he's, uh, he, he is a dangerous scorer. Sort of your, uh, you know, that next level down from star uh, player, but the kind of guy that Doug Armstrong, JT, likes to collect a real good, solid player. He's got some um, sturdiness to his game. He can play in all situations and uh, probably comes in at the mid price that Doug likes to pay. Pretty much, uh, if you're going to draw up a player that uh, Doug Armstrong would like to have on his team in terms of cost uh, to the payroll and his skill set, this guy's it.
1: Yeah, you put it well, Jeff. Uh, uh, Doug Armstrong likes to have uh, a whole team full of good to really good players, and and I would say Bucciavitch falls falls in the uh, in this category. And uh, obviously, they still have to pay the guy. I mean, a restricted free agent made three point two five million last year. I would, I think you guys would agree, he's got got to be in the five million neighborhood, maybe even a little north of that. I would. Uh, I, I would think but uh 26 years old too so uh, 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 a young guy and uh uh you know definitely a top 6 uh top 6 uh uh winger I I think I think the the blues they really need to somehow come out of this with another top 6 guy but uh pretty good pretty good start for Mr Armstrong
2: Yeah, Vigneault's numbers have really gone up his past two seasons so whether it was the coaching change in uh, New York or whatever, his his play has uh, substantially improved uh, over the last two yeah, and then two more minutes a game uh, last season. So, um, you know, as long as he's the same guy who played the last two seasons and the change of scenery doesn't hold him back, it's a very good get.
0: Now the, uh, the least surprising development of the entire year, JT, was uh, Vince Dunn exiting in the uh, uh, expansion draft. He was uh, just the way the Blues roster set up, they had a, a number of puck-moving defensemen. Vince is getting into his good earning years. He's to the point now where he's going to start commanding some real money. Uh, he, his camp and Armstrong have seldom agreed on his value financially. So it just seemed like all things from the roster construct to the salary cap issues that Tom talked about to uh, the way the rest of the expansion um, list set up for the, the Blues, it was the obvious choice. And uh, the, the Kraken made it and may well, Seattle may well turn around and flip them and get a pretty nice return because Vince is a 40 to 50 point defenseman on the right team.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so. And uh, you know, even Vince, when I talked to him, he said, as soon as, as soon as uh, uh, Tory Krug was signed uh, back uh, in the last period of free agency, which was only last, what uh, October, he figured, okay, I'm going to be the guy that's exposed It was just a mathematical equation. And, you know, unless Krug or Falk really, really stumbled uh, uh, this past season, uh, he, he was going to be the odd man out. And uh, neither of them stumbled. I mean, Falk was much better. Krug, Krug was he, he was he, he got better as a, as the season went along. And and so you knew Doug Armstrong wasn't wasn't just going to throw one of those guys onto the uh, uh, onto the expansion list. So so Vince's uh, yeah. Vince is out of here, very well aware that he could be flipped and uh, very, very, very uh, sad to go. I mean, you know, we, we've talked in the past about, boy, there are a lot of, a lot of uh, players that uh, maybe don't want to go to St. Louis in free agency. I mean, wasn't, wasn't that an issue right before the the free agency that brought Perron and, and back and Ryan O'Reilly here, but uh, you never, and you never hear these guys uh, ripping St. Louis on the way out of, out of town they, they all love it and maybe some of that saying the right thing but I, I think uh, Vince Dunn went a couple steps beyond just just saying the uh, 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 the, the right thing so uh, yeah but it, you know it, you make the point about having the uh, puck moving defenseman they have other guys that can do that. Uh, obviously Jake wallman who made a big leap forward last year and uh, I think we're all interesting interested to see what Scott Perunovic uh, brings to the table this year as well. You
2: know, people have been a- asking us about our expansion list for about two years now. And I think we were fairly, you know, the big thing, of course, the thing that nobody got right was the Tarasenko one. But once it became apparent that Justin Falk, was playing well and that Vince Dunn was going to be the guy was going to be on the list. He was the obvious choice. I mean, I mean you could see this coming so far down the pike It's the one thing that we nailed. I mean, was that Vince Dunn was going to be the guy lost in the expansion draft and it didn't matter who you, who they could have put out there. Vince Dunn was the guy. Um, uh, it, it was amazing how far down the, how far down the turnpike, you could see that one coming.
0: Well, uh, Tom, you mentioned the, um, uh the the 91 issue Vladimir Tarasenko and JT it just uh, continues to hang over the hockey operation he's got a 7.5 million dollar cap hit for this year and next he makes 9.5 million in real dollars uh, both of those are pretty hard to digest for most most franchises um you know I it's there's a lots of speculation about him but I, I keep coming back to I don't I don't know if he has he may not have any value he may have less than no value in the sense that they'll have to try to give somebody something to take him away or eat pay, or even JT, is it, it could it get so bad that they just have to buy the guy out? I mean, it's uh, it seems unthinkable, but I don't know. I mean, the more I look around, I, I, the harder it is to find somebody I think that's going to take uh, 91 off the Blues hands and, and where Vladimir's willing to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, the Blues have uh, I think a, just a little shy of 19 million of cap space, which they're, they're in in decent shape as compared to the rest of the league. I think they're right kind of in the middle of the, uh, middle of the pack, but they've got these six restricted free agents that are, that are going to gobble up a fair amount of that. So, and maybe they have enough without dumping Tarasenko for, for one, one big move, but, uh, uh, you know, maybe not. So, here we have free agency starting and they, you know, I'm sure they want to dump this salary. And as you say, when it, when it gets back down to it, does, does Terrasanko uh, I mean, does Doug Armstrong just say, Hey, I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I'm going to just retain, move him to retain some salary, uh, or even buy him out, which I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I don't think Doug Armstrong's ever, uh, ever, ever mm-hmm. done that. So, uh, I, I was told that the, the trade offers would would still be there but you know if Doug Armstrong didn't bite on them before the expansion draft even if they're there afterwards and and, and who knows maybe there are conditions but may, maybe uh, they they want an asset beyond Tarasenko to, to, to move some kind of player to to St Louis but I, I really thought it would be done by now and it, it's going to be going to be very interesting to, to see. What happens here uh, in the early days of free agency? Because I, I I don't think any of us expect a, a Vladimir Tarasenko to to be walking into that uh, uh, Centene uh, Community Ice Center in uh, September when camp starts.
2: Now I remember a year ago uh, on the first day of free agency when uh, the Blues signed Tori Krug and I we were talking to. Armstrong that that evening. And I said, Doug, well, so this means that the Petrangelo era is over. He said, no, we still, if he came to us and we were able to work out a deal, we would sign Alex Petrangelo. And it's like, which was mathematically impossible. But he still was like, well, he could. So when he's saying, yeah, I think Tarasenko could be with us when the season starts. Boy, that's that's hard to see that one happening. And the thing is, they got to move him now because they have to have the money to spend at the start a free agency, uh, if they're going to be active players in that, because if they keep them past this, well, you know, then they're, they may be able to move them, but they're going to miss the crop of free agents uh, who are out there, because as we know, NHL free agents are gone within the hour. So uh, I would think they've got to move quickly, or I don't know what they do. But I mean, I thought you know, they wouldn't train them before the expansion draft because teams didn't want to have to protect them. Whoever got them didn't want to have to put them on the protective team. So then I thought, okay, now they'll trade him for, for the entry draft because that way, if they're getting a draft pick, it'll be a draft pick that you could use. But that didn't happen. So now, you know, now you're looking at, you know, they're getting draft picks for in 2022 if they get it. But, yeah, I mean, the he's always had more value to the Blues than to other teams just because of the situation. But now I, the Blues have to do something to get rid of him.
0: And you look around, you see, okay, you know, the Rangers with his buddy Panarin, they uh, obviously cleared cap space by letting Buchnevich uh, come to the Blues for Sammy Blay. Um, but they're trying to stay involved with Jack Eichel. Uh, you look at New Jersey as a, as a team that he might, I don't know if he's on the list or he, he would probably accept living in the greater New York area, I'm guessing. But they're said to be the, the Devils are really keen on uh, Doug Hamilton if he gets away from Carolina. And, well then there's the Islanders with Lou Lamoriello as Jack Quinn would say and uh, but they're you know they're trying to get uh, Kyle Palmieri Pal- back and they also have uh, they're probably going to bring Zach Parise in because there's a real uh, connection between Lou and him and so I don't know I mean those are like three examples you know and people say what about Florida well they they made a really nice trade for Reinhardt I don't know what the hell you know Buffalo's <laughs> doing but um, so I don't know man JT <laughs> you look around and. You Know the musical chairs, the game is winding down for 91 yeah. here, and uh, there aren't too many chairs left.
1: No, and uh, uh, like Tom, uh, Tommy said, the uh, NHL free agency, it's amazing. You know, in my NFL days, two to three weeks and it was over, so it was pretty quick. Uh, the NHL is like two to three days, and the shells are just they're just clear, cleared off. And okay, that's it now. A little bit different with the uh, flat cap, but uh, the top, the top guys are are, are, are going to go, uh, are going to go quick. And I, I just can't imagine. I, I think I'd have a better chance of going to the moon of than, than Tara has of being back to St. Louis. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you, what you do, uh, what you do with the guy now.
2: Yeah. Um, it would be, it would be a very interesting thing if the, if he walks into that, uh, you know, locker room on the first day of training camp, I mean, that would be, um, it would be, it would be something. And, but, and uh, boy, it's just really hard uh, to see that. But then, but who, you know, maybe the what, – what's the alternative? I mean, if not, then the Blues don't sign a free agent forward. And then – boy, then you're really stuck with Tarasenko because you have no alternative at that point but to play the guy.
0: Yeah, they're, like JT said early on, you know, they, they need something else. If, if we're assuming that Mike Hoffman is exiting as a free agent, uh, taking his uh, perimeter shot uh, with him, uh, after um, a rather adventurous season with the chief. And if we assume that Jaden Schwartz is going to get money from Seattle uh, because the Kraken with Ron Francis really appreciate two-way play and they're building that type of a team where it's easy to see Jaden Schwartz fitting in nicely with the, with that team and getting paid to do so. If that's, if those two guys are headed out the door, as many assume, it just seems obvious at this point, uh, then you're short a player. I mean, you're, you're all of a sudden now you're, you're, Thomas and Kyra really have to come through and, and, you know, you're going to need even more. You're going to need to get uh scoring out of, uh, you know, Barberchef and, and uh, Sonny and, and, and maybe uh, Clem Costin as a third liner would have to produce. So you're really, if you want to get a money for a Brandon Saad type player, who's going to cost you six and a half, seven, it's probably six and a half million on the, in the market. You're going to have to create space. You can't, you can't technically put yourself way over the cap for the time being, but, uh, now you've really, then you would really put yourself in trouble as far as trying to deal with other teams.
1: Yeah. And we've referred the blues link with Brandon sod. One name I'm surprised I haven't heard him uh, link with is, is Blake Coleman. Whoever, everything about him makes him sound like a, a guy who would fit in with the blues and with the Berube, uh style. There aren't a ton of guys out there in, in free agency. It's the old thing. I used to talk about it all the time in the NFL and, you know, if you're covering a team or a fan of a team, you see all the warts, you know, because you're watching closely. But it's one thing to say, "Oh, we can do better than Jaden Schwartz, or we can do better than Mike Hoffman, or even Tyler Bozak." But then you, the challenge is you have to go out there and do at least as good, and whoever you replace them with, and 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 that's a a, a real issue for, for for the Blues. And and uh, uh, I I almost stunned that when you sit back and look. At the turnover, I went back uh, just yesterday and looked at the 20 players that the Blues dressed for game seven of the Stanley Cup against Boston. Nine of those players are gone. Gunnarsson, Edmondson, Maroon, Blay, Bomeister, Steen, Petrangelo, Dunn, and Jake Allen dressed. Obviously, he didn't play. But then I fully expect uh, Schwartz, Bozak, and Tarasenko – to be gone, you're talking about 12 out of the 20 players, a 60% turnover
2: in two years. How, how does that happen? Yeah, it's going to be a different team. I mean, it just it, it a different team from last season. When you when you say Tarasenko, Dunn, Schwartz, Bozak are gone, that's four guys who were, were there who played a lot. And, and Hoffman. I mean, that's just a lot of guys right there. It's going to be a very different Blues team. It should still be a good Blues team. I mean, the pieces are there. The foundation's there. I'm sure the replacements uh, should be pretty good players with the, you know, resources they have. But boy, we're looking at a different team in the uh, 2021-22 NHL season with the Blues.
0: You know, I guess the, uh, the, the, the issue, JT, is, you know, and boy, you've written so much about it, but uh, ever since bubble hockey, this team has not been, um, it's been a different team and not a particularly good one in the big game scenario and uh, do or die hockey. Um, had this team performed better in uh, postseason play, I'm guessing Doug Armstrong would have tried to uh, chill some of that attrition. Some of it's unavoidable, obviously, Bow Meester Gunnarsson, um, you know, but with uh, Jaden Schwartz being a prime example, if this team has had a stellar postseason run, um, in the last couple of years and maybe there's a commitment to Jane Schwartz to the point where he's overpaying because he's trying to keep uh, the vibe. But frankly, you know, I mean, that vibe was uh, kind of went away and, and only sort of came back JT.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, you know, I, maybe the blues look at it. It seems like Schwartz, at least in recent years, like every other year, he has a really good uh, 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 scoring year. but uh, I, I, if nothing else, I fully expect, and and uh, uh, at least from agents that, that I've corresponded with, it I, they're all going to test the market, uh, Bozak, Hoffman, and Schwartz. And I, you know, I guess there's a little bit of a hope for Hoffman of all people because you get the sense, don't you, when uh, that Armstrong likes him more than uh, Craig Berube does, you know? <laughs> but if you use him, if you use him right, third line guy and first power play you know, try, try to limit his exposure on, uh, on, on, on defense. I mean, you're going to, you're going to get goals, but, uh, 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 yeah, I, it, it is really, uh, uh, it's, it, it, it's really strange to see how, how, how this club has changed in, in such a, uh, uh, such a quick time or really, uh, strange. And I, I, uh, I know pro sports, uh, you know, two years is a lifetime really, but in two years to, Really, even Armstrong alluded, ever since they entered the bubble, it's like a, some kind of magic spell uh, took over uh, them, and, and not, not a good magic spell.
2: Yeah, who would have thought that, that Mike Hoffman, who we all thought was going to get traded at the trade deadline last season, would be around? But in a lot of ways, he's a guy that makes sense. And I think at the end of last season, Garubi did start to figure out how to handle him. After they almost got rid of him, uh, and after he was scratched and then after he was going to get scratched again until Robert Thomas got hurt. And all of a sudden he's back. Um, I think at the end, they kind of figured out. And so the, the end of the season was an upward trend on Mike Hoffman, which would, would keep him there. And Doug Armstrong alluded on the Tyler Bozak front, just, you know, the bottom, if there's one thing blues have it's bottom six forwards. And that's, that is where Tyler Bozak would end up. So it gets crowded there. And You know, when you're talking, you know, a salary cap where every dollar matters, if you could play someone else who's making the league minimum at that point, you know, something you have to think about doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Come on down, Dakota, huh? Mm -hmm. Jump right (laughs) into the lineup. So, yeah, you know, when you look at the one positive, I'd say about Hoffman, you know, it uh, for all the unfortunate nonsense that you compare it to Tarasenko, a lot of unfortunate stuff comes out with 91's camp. And um, which is really doesn't reflect well on him. Doug Armstrong's well respected around the league. I don't think um, 91's uh, complaining resonates too well with other organizations because, you know, Doug is well, again, he's well respected. People aren't going to, aren't going to, you know, question how the Blues run their business. But, you know, to getting to Hoffman, I mean, he he hailed the situation well. There wasn't any. You know, he handled being scratched. He, he he was pretty nondescript with his news conferences and such, but he didn't cause any problems outwardly, which is unlike uh, unlike Tarasenko. He seemed like he he himself handled the situation well, and then when the team really needed production at the end of the year just to get over the hump and make the bracket, you know, he came through.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, a world-class shot, obviously, and, and and you look at what's available. Everything's relative to what's available. Your, your team that needs scoring around the league – well, there's only two players last year that scored more goals that are on the market, that are on the market, that scored more goals than than Hoffman. Ovechkin with with uh, 24, and, and he, we all know he's not really on the market, although technically he's he's uh, scheduled for unrestricted free agency. And Gabriel Landeskog, that's it. And the next name up there with his 17 goals is uh, – is is Mike Hoffman so you know the blues got him for 4 million which which was a bargain last year and they got him late i i don't think uh mike hoffman's going to have to wait around as as uh, as long as he did but you make a good point jeff just about how despite everything hoffman handled it uh pretty well where uh Tarasenko, again getting back to all of our thoughts about him walking you know into that locker room what a, you know uh what are the trainers going to say? Cause he, cause uh, uh, he ripped uh, or his camp has ripped the trainers as well. Uh, if he sprains an ankle, how are you going to feel if you're one of the doctors uh, uh, that, uh, that have to, to, to work on him? Plus, you know, he also, he also moaned about his, his role again. He hasn't said this directly, but uh, these are people who, uh, uh, uh on on his side of the fence you know he he didn't like his power play role late in the season he didn't like his minutes so uh he he's burned just about every bridge no i he's actually probably demolished about every bridge i think he might have if he's coming back to camp they may have to just bring him in by helicopter or something
2: and this guy wears an a this guy's got a letter on his jersey um, oh yeah and he's
1: upset about being a cat not being the captain yeah we forgot that I
2: one. mean so i mean can you can you keep the guy as a, as a, you know, assistant captain, if he's, if he's got that, uh, if, and even if, as Doug said, out those things, some of those things are incorrect. Um, I mean, we the players know Vladdy. And so, you know, I think they know what, you know, it's going to be tough for him to wear an A uh,
0: on this team next season. You mentioned uh, Landis Kog. Interesting case. Colorado trying to squeeze Philip Grubauer, trying to squeeze uh, Gabriel Landis into their, their cap situation. They got Kale McCarr signed at, a, at a, quite a premium uh, with $9 million um, for a pretty young player, but he's, that, he's just that good, other than McKinnon, who's also going to be up for a contract in a couple of years. I mean, he, those two guys are just head and shoulders. And then there's Ratnan and and so, and then after, after, after that, it falls off. They're really good, They're a really good team, but those guys are in a different planet. You can't let the, at the end of the day, though, JT Colorado can't let that guy walk. I mean, um, but then I don't understand why it's gone to this point. I mean, of course, people couldn't understand why it happened with Petro in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Right. But boy, it's um, if I'm a Lanch fan given where this guy who's been the captain forever, just like, you know, Petro here, and they're on the cusp of making it. They need toughness. They need, they need to be, they need what he brings. And yet here we are. Um, if he goes to market, I don't think the blues can afford him, especially with 91 stolen payroll, but man, it'd be something if he leaves because he, he's, he's been, he's been the Lanch to the face of the Lanch for so long, even with the kid. Yeah. McKinney, yeah. Expecting yeah.
1: Yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the, uh, the, the Holy uh, uh, trio of uh, avalanche and it would be uh it would be McKinnon and McCarr and then uh, Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, you know, may, maybe uh, uh, what, O'Reilly was there. Wasn't he there when Landeskog was there? Maybe O'Reilly's working on him. But uh, you've heard you've heard the old rumor that Landeskog. Uh, you know, ah, no, nah, I don't want to go to St. Louis, but they, they need to get him on the phone with uh, with uh, with Vince Dunn. Uh, you know, and Vince is going to get a job with the St. Louis Chamber of Commerce when he's. <laughs> when he's done playing, uh, especially a few of the watering holes that he uh, used to like to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to, to, to visit. But w- what all this says, and I, I'd be curious with you guys, cause you have m- both have much more depth of the, the league. This leaves Brandon sod with, Hey, here's a door prize, Brandon. Thanks for scoring mm-hmm. those 20, 25 goals a season for us. And uh, uh, we appreciated your time here in, in, in Colorado. Now, you know, he's, he, he's making 6 million a year on the, on the contract, uh, is he, uh, you know, and he, he's, he's not ancient. What is he around 29 or, or, uh, uh, 30, uh, uh, is he worth going after and, and paying, a, paying a pretty good, uh, no checking my notes
2: twenty 28. So is he worth going after guys? I think he's worth going after. Uh, I think, if, I think it's a case where, uh, he's going to be one of the best available guys, uh, kind of at that price as it were, who you probably you don't have to give him maybe a, a, a you know seven-year deal or something. So, yeah, I I, I think that would be a, a fine way for the Blues to go.
0: All right, before we talk about the entry draft real quickly to wrap up the net front, I do have to take a shot at Ken Holland with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I'm a big Adam Larson fan. The Blues, had he been available and not gone to the Kraken and not gotten a contract, that's a guy that I think could have really been a, a – top four defensemen with strictly tough minute role for the blues. I don't understand why you subtract him and think getting Duncan Keith at the age of 58 or whatever Duncan Keith is, was a great idea and taking his entire cap hit, And then they're going to pay a gigantic premium for Zach Hyman, who, who can tap in goals when he's next to McDavid, but is this screams overpayment on a, on a long-term contract, but that's what Holland did in Detroit to ruin that franchise before he he got a big pay cut or big pay increase to go to Edmonton. I just wanted to get those things on the record. I I don't understand any <laughs> of that, and I and I do lament for the Blues' sake the fact that Larson did not uh, they didn't have a shot at getting that guy on the blue line. I like him, but having said all that, because I had to get that off my chest, uh, JT, your thoughts on the entry draft? Uh, the Blues maybe moved up, a, maybe reached a little bit up to get a, a highly skilled, probably number two type center, and then um, traded up to get a guy that fell into the third round, uh, a winger with the potential to be a, a pretty solid top nine, maybe third line type winger. Seemed like a, for a team without much leverage in the draft, they did okay.
1: Yeah. You, you really have to like the the top two picks. Interesting. Uh, you know, kind of one of the, the, the sub themes of, of this off season, uh, especially when it came to maybe free agency or trying to make a trade is uh, got to get some sandpaper it forward, not just goal scoring, but, Boldick is 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 a skill guy. I mean, he he he. Apparently, he's he's a hell of a skater. Lots of skill, very accurate shot, and and uh, it looks like I mean, o- overall again, you know, we probably won't see see this guy for two three years. But uh, uh, yeah, this transformation of of the Blues trying trying to get more skating, more skill. It it seems like, and I would guess it's more Armstrong than Baruvi. I don't I don't know for sure but that that was uh that was interesting uh, but and Boldick, though uh the thing is he had just about everything that could go wrong uh uh, uh physically went, went wrong last year I, I think he's probably a top 10 pick you know but he had shoulder issues he had his appendix taken out then he had an mcl uh late in the season uh the the, the blues are really kind of, Looking forward, this is the time of the year where uh, all the all the national teams have their junior camps to our, our tournaments to help pick their teams. And he's going to be up in uh, Calgary, as uh, Jeff Garden would say, uh, later this week for, for the tournament. And yeah, uh, uh, Robertson, the guy he's playing right now for Sweden's junior uh, national team in a, uh, a tournament in uh, in Plymouth, uh, Michigan. And he looks more like a, a power forward guy. So. You know, you kind of wish the Blues had like eight draft picks or something because they really – you look at their organizational uh, depth chart and uh, they, they're they they are really low, both at forward and, and defense. The only maybe area where you feel like, oh, they're, they're good in terms of prospects is is goalie, but uh, uh, at least they got a couple guys that, that seem promising.
2: Yeah, and these are all long-term guys. We won't be seeing any of these guys in the league for, you know, I mean, three seasons – probably at best it just there's there's going to be a uh, uh, it's going to be a while to see just how these guys and who knows the way the blues are half of these guys could be traded uh, before as uh, used as part of a deal to get somebody else in
0: here that seems to be how it works uh, with Doug and it was not a bad year to have just a limited number of picks because so many of the you know so many kids either didn't get to play didn't get to play as much didn't get to play where they thought they were going to get to play it was such a disjointed year because of COVID Um, you know, I'd say a good half of the prospects um, didn't really get a chance to um, fully develop this year. And it made, made for a very bizarre draft. So if you're ever going to take kind of a, you know, a year off in a sense of having a lot of picks, this was a year to do it, even though the blues were to your point, pretty thin uh, pretty much, pretty much everywhere. So to the point where the I'm guessing they're going to be rounding up free agents out of college, out of the college ranks and whatnot going forward in the coming years just to try to make sure that they're, they're they're viable so but uh well guys uh before we uh we we shut the door on this net front um let's get a prediction do um we we wondered about number 91 uh whether there was any hope um will we see him depart and the blues add somebody when the marketplace goes crazy on wednesday is is there hope for for that big the big one two punch for Blues fans? JT, what do you think?
1: In Doug, we trust. I say yeah, yeah. Somehow he finds a way for uh, Tarasenko to go and uh, brings in somebody.
2: Yeah, I, I think the Tarasenko trade will bring back not another human being. <laughs> Maybe draft picks coming back, and there may be draft picks going out too. I don't know how much what that deal is going to work with, but I think even if it's just. You know, like one of those, take him, you know, and like, gossips Pierre. you area. I used to hear it happen. You know, it's like, you
0: know, I think, I think that happens. All right. That's Tom Timmerman. We've heard from Jim Thomas. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront presence. A uh, reminder that, uh, Hey, we'll likely be back later in the week. And you can <laughs> hear this podcast and all of our podcasts, of course, on STL uh, com slash podcast. And also on your, from your favorite podcast app, Lots of good stuff happening on STLtoday.com. Check it out. If you're not a digital subscriber, uh, please subscribe. It's a print edition. Get that to your house. We appreciate all your support of local journalism. Until next time, I'm Jeff Gordon for Tom and JT. See ya.